Hi, and welcome to uh, another Ivy Community Chat. And we're going to be looking at YouTube video marketing. Uh, I'm, if you're not familiar with me, uh, my name is Mark Timberlake. I run a company called SME Heroes, uh, along with my wife, Philomena, who's joining me tonight on the blab she likes to escape from it but i've yes. said no you need to be involved. no no one volunteered to, to co-host here so co-host. so with, with Phil Mina's, she stepped <laughs> in under much duress okay um someone's saying uh hello mark i hear philomena with echo i'm not hearing an echo on my side so i'm not sure that could be a blab thing by the sounds of it um zingy so we're going to start with a question. And whenever we come to YouTube video marketing, it's the same as any marketer, but the first question we have to ask ourselves is, well, obviously we're assuming that we want to set up a YouTube channel. This is where we're starting. So what is it, we have to ask ourselves this question, what is it that we are using our YouTube channel for? Now, it almost seems obvious, well, I want to put marketing stuff out there, but what is the core call to action that you're trying to uh, get people to take each time? So, for instance, it might be that you've got your Udemy course and you want to get people to uh, buy your course. So your call to action is going to be consistently buy my course. Now, I don't think that particularly worked well in the past, just as a side note, guys, but I think it will work much better now, now that the pricing is going to be more consistent and people can click through and buy courses at reasonable prices. So I think that's going to be a really powerful option to consider. Now, I wouldn't normally recommend you go from attention to action like that in terms of marketing funnel, but I think if you wanted to do that, it's going to get much easier soon. Or are you trying to build your email marketing list? Now, me and Phil at the moment, uh, we use... Um, my channel at the moment um, and we're building that we're trying to build our email marketing that's the main, main function of our YouTube channel we're very clear is to build our email marketing list a secondary uh, uh, sort of call to action on that is that people can get our premium content but we don't push the premium content because we're actually at this point it's more important that we build a our YouTube channel itself and we use the YouTube channel to drive our email list. So I think that's the first thing, is think about what your YouTube channel, what the call to action you want to be. Because what happens is, once you decide that, every video you create, you can put a call to action in that video, and it's consistent every time. Mm -hmm. And that's a real key point. It's a consistent call to action. No matter what they watch, there's a consistent call to action. I, I think I was going to say, to, just to add to that, Mark, um, if um, if you have too many actions or calls to actions, you're going to sort of dilute your message and dilute, you know, the call to action. So it's going to be a little bit more confusing for people. So you're not going to get as much out of your, your video as you can do. So, mm. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's that's a great point. because And you've got to think in terms of the channel when you're thinking of that. What you're asking mm. them to do, if you ask them one week to do this and then the next week to do this and the next week to do that, mm. it and it can be a little bit difficult. We say go and do all these things. Um, what I do, though, is if I don't at the moment, what I've got is I've got some free stuff I tell people about. So you'll see my call to action at the end of any of my YouTube videos. There's some free stuff. So if I go and get my free stuff, it's there. 
We've got some free training. There's a newsletter. We're going to give you some bonus stuff. We don't give away anywhere else if you sign up to our newsletter. And also, there's the OV community. So if you want to join up there and become a part of that, that's great. But I've also got my premium content there. And then what I do is I link to that. All of the, uh, although that's a few calls to action, I actually link to one page where all those calls to actions are really easy to see, which is the home page on my website. So all I do now is the same call to action and I link to my home page every time and it's a top of funnel page. So it's it's a page where I want to get people to sign up to my newsletter or to uh, you know to join the OV community where they can collaborate with other things. We don't get the email address from that. That's just more for the community. And also they get free training. And the free training that I offer, that's the one that drives the sign-ups. That was always uh, driving Mark, the sign-ups. Just to add to that um, uh, as well, we can always monitor how you get on. So if you think it, you're not getting um, a good enough sign up on the various calls to action, you can sort of change your tactics. So you can sort of monitor to see how, how you're doing. Yeah, yeah. And one of the things you do, if you just point to one page with uh, different calls to action, you know, then you can actually change that page. Mm -hmm. Although if you've already mentioned what's on the page, it might be a little bit difficult. And then you can test things. Yeah, and I recommend that as well. Just I'm not saying what I do is the best way. I'm just saying that's what I do to keep it nice and simple and keep the message consistent. And you might try different videos, different calls to action. Now, one of the key things for an email sign-up, just a top tip here, um, PDFs. So when you do YouTube video marketing, and I'm going to be doing a lot more of this, whenever you create the YouTube video, Create a PDF that goes through the mark with the marketing video. Place that PDF on your website, on your associated website, um, and then when you're in the video, you're talking. You're saying, "Look, there's a sign up. The PDF for this particular piece of content is there. So go and grab that. PDFs are golden, folks. I don't quite understand how they work so well, but they do." So when you think of in terms of creating a, a YouTube marketing video, spend a little bit of time creating a, uh, a PDF that people can access, and then you're going to get a much higher buy-in rate. I've We've had a question, question come in. Yeah. So should we bring that in? Um, yes. Okay. Can. Mark, you have SME here as a marketing black channel. Do you recommend keeping your content separated like this? So you can exploit link backs or should you unify all your materials into a single YouTube channel? Very, very good question, Rob. Now, just to understand, with SME Heroes, we, we used to use that to market the brand. But then when we moved into online education, it was not so much about the brand anymore. I became the face of the brand. So it's, now it's much more about um, people. Building your authority. And my authority and people connecting with me as an instructor. Mm -hmm. So because of that, we then just set up the YouTube channel under Mark Timberlake, not SME Heroes, because people will engage at a ratio of about, I think, you know, six to one on a personal profile with a person than they will with a brand. And it's really interesting when you do that. So we made that decision to fire at Mark Timberlake and just so that's a relatively new YouTube channel. Um, I've only really started focusing on um, our, YouTube, our YouTube side of things. This, this now is 
when we're really starting mm -hmm. to build our YouTube channel. And our growth is really starting to accelerate now. I think this month we're up to 117 subscribers. Yeah. And they've mainly come from two videos. So we're really pushing that now. Yeah, we didn't want to have all our eggs in one basket, did we, Mark? We didn't want to have it all no, no. sort of you to me. And we've learned from the past, if you rely on one platform that you can't, you know, you're too, it's too risky. So we were keen to build up the, the mailing list and the YouTube channel. Yeah. So it depends how you want to present yourself. If you want to present yourself as an individual, as an expert, my personal opinion is you'll, you'll see I use my Google Plus and my YouTube on my personal. And I just don't get the interaction on a brand page. And that's been over two and a half, three years of do, doing this and testing that. And I've seen that the personal page gets more interaction. Uh, and it's the same across all the platforms. When you are positioning yourself as an expert in the market and you're doing that when you're teaching an online training course by default, your marketing then is about positioning yourself as that expert. You're going to want to make sure that they can make that connection with you personally. Okay. There was another question mark um, from Paula. Um, so we just take that one down. You just exit. Okay. Um, Oops, I think we lost that question. I think I accidentally deleted it. <laughs> I don't see the question. No, I think I accidentally deleted it. Paula, could you, could you <laughs> Paula, answer the question again? Very kindly just answer the question again. <laughs> I was trying to click on it and there was a little red thing in the corner and I accidentally clicked that instead. Okay. Thank you. Okay, oh, what, yeah. Guys, just a quick tip. You're gonna use Blab for yourselves. And Paula, just put a forward slash Q, then your question, and then we can actually bring it into wow. the side box and we can actually show it in the window. Um, so Paula's asked, what do you put in the PDF? Is it a summary of the video? Yeah, it can be a cheat sheet. It can be directly linked to that video. So I just, for instance, um, did a, a video that, you know, has done very well and it launched very quickly enough. I know some of you guys saw the video on how to boost your launch in YouTube search. Now, what I should have done at the time of doing that, I was just trying to get a video out because I do a video every week and we'll talk about that in a, a, a little bit as well. But I should have done a cheat sheet with that. And if I'd have done a cheat sheet with that, I'd have got more signups from that. Now I've got a lot of YouTube subscriptions from that, but if I'd have done a cheat sheet with that, so I could have just done some quick tips quickly knocked it up in Photoshop or your editor of choice, I would have done much better. So yeah, directly link the PDF to the video, put the PDF on a landing page that people can access, link to that through the associated website, link on your cards, create a simple call to action, you're good to go. You're gonna get newsletter signups. Okay, we've got another question. I'll just bring that in, Mark. So on Google Plus, I would have a personal page, but set up a business page to get the analytics as well. Won't that get confusing with my default personal page? I, with my Google Plus, if you, I think if you really want the analytics, you can set up a brand page and just call it your name. Okay, so that's another way around this. Um, what Robert asked me, why didn't I use the SME Heroes brand name? But what I've done with Mark Timberlake, if you notice my Mark Timberlake, if, you, if you're following me on Google+, Plus, you know I'm very specific. I only talk about three things on there. That's going to be online education, online marketing, and some photography stuff, because they're the three areas I really focus on 
in terms of my courses. So I don't use that as a personal page. I recommend, like if you look at my Facebook page, I don't use my Facebook page for telling people what, what flavor coffee I've had this morning. Are you with me? I don't use it that way. I use it as Mark Timberlake instructor. So I share stuff on my Google Plus and it automatically goes to that. So I hope that sort of answers that question, uh, Frauk. Hope I pronounce your name right as well. I'm just sort of guessing. Um, and we've got another question from Rob. Let me just bring that okay, in. Okay, great. Let's bring that one in. Okay. Oh, after creating a YouTube video, should I embed it on my site? Or should the video offer them for free and link to that freebie as their long content on my site instead? Now, great question. If you embed your YouTube video on your website and promote your website, what's going to happen is on a lot of websites, YouTube can't see the view counts. So what that means is your YouTube video will not start ranking because it's views that drive ranking on YouTube. It's really as simple as that. It's quality views that drive ranking. Now, we do have to do some good SEO. We do have to make sure our tags are in place. But when we start considering that, what that means is we have to decide which search engine we're going to compete for. Are we going to compete for Google search or are we going to compete in YouTube? Now, because this educational content we're talking about here, I would always advise go to YouTube because you're going to be able to, if you do a good video, and you have a PDF resource, you're gonna get the traffic back to the website anyway. But if you embed on your website, what you're gonna have is you're gonna be, it's a lot more competitive to compete for keywords in Google search, because you're competing against all the bloggers, you're competing against everything. On YouTube, you might find, you know, the competition is 10 to one in your favor. So you have to compete with 10 times more content in Google search than you do on YouTube. And then when people are searching for educational stuff, when we all search for educational stuff, the place we go, if we're familiar with the internet, is we go on YouTube, we look for videos. So I would say, create your video, put it on YouTube, and then link to a page with the PDF. Now you can embed the video there as well, but it's up to you because that might dilute the traffic. It's If you start sending people to that to watch a video, if you're not sending them to that to watch a video, just put the video there anyway, because it's not going to hurt long term in terms of that. But you want to prioritize the growth of your YouTube channel. And that just basically means that, you know, just I would personally say just put a link to the PDF on a page resource page and maybe keep it like that so the videos on there. And that's not going to hurt if you embed it and don't promote it on that page. If you're not pushing that page out for your social media and all that sort of stuff. But if you are, you're going to take away from the YouTube traffic. So that's the key thing there. Okay. Well, I think that's your questions um, caught up with Mark. So we covered the consistent call to action. Mm -hmm. um, now, one of the other things we want to talk about is producing consistently. When you start YouTube marketing and you're a Udemy instructor, and if, you, if you're a full-time Udemy instructor, so you, this is where the core of your income comes from. I would recommend that you produce one video a week. Okay. 
Now, that's challenging, and we're going to talk, Philomena's going to talk a little bit about this now, some of the ways we can actually deal with that. But you want to be putting out one video a week. Okay? Because you've got to be consistent for your audience. You're trying to build your subscriber channel. You've got to be consistent. You've got to put it out there. And that's really, really, really key in all of this. They will keep engaged. If, if they learn that it's one a week, you're going to come out of one video every week. They're going to take the time to watch that. They're going to be hyper-engaged. This is a hyper-engaged uh, audience usually when they subscribe. You have to keep feeding their needs. And you have to keep it relevant to them. So I think there's no can... good doing a video once every six weeks because that's not going to keep them driven and engaged. I think in order to um, to be able to keep up the consistency, you have to um, plan ahead. So it would be a good idea to have like um, a, a content calendar so that you know what content you want to produce each week. And it, you'd be able to strategically group topics together and then they could be flowing. Um, also, as well as having a content calendar, it would be to consider doing batch recordings because what can happen is you would just set aside a time each week just to do a recording and then publish it. If you then have a week when you're busy, and this happened to us the other week, we had some client work come in, everything went out the window, we were just busy, 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 and we didn't get the time to record that week's video. So we want to move to a model of doing some batch recording where you can actually uh, do maybe two, three at a time. It all depends how much time you've got, how much time it takes to record each one. I've heard some people do maybe months in advance, which I think would sound great to have that much content lined up. Um, however, the, the trade-off is that you're having to do recordings which are perhaps um, evergreen or timeless and maybe not necessarily topical. So for instance, the other week when we had those changes on Udemy with the, the prices that were announced, you know, the price changes that were announced, um, many people put out a video about that um, topic and that week. So you have to have the flexibility as well as having a content calendar and maybe doing batch um, recordings that if there was a topical topic that came in that you could do a quick recording and, and publish that so that you're actually got a consistency of each week posting a video um, and then you still got flexibility if something sort of juicy comes up that you can meet the needs of your audience by by doing that and I think that way you're you've got a, a contingency in place so that when you get busy you're sick client work comes in whatever that you're you're going to keep up uh, the postings of that um, and just uh, it's got a couple of questions aside but I just want to mm. finish off the point of this is Whenever you can set up a studio, whenever you can set up a mini mm -hmm. studio that can be accessed really quick. And if you have to build your studio every time, which is in the living room or something, you really need to be focused on batching. Yeah. So and once you get your systems in place, you'd be surprised how quickly you can do your video. Now we've set time uh, to our, do our videos now. We've set our studio up. Some of you guys have followed along. We're mm -hmm. very streamlined now. We've solved the last few problems this week that we sort of had which is really good, which was basically buying a really expensive microphone and some pink gels to, to deal with some of the green casts from the green screen. But we've, we've, we've done all that, the studio's done. We can walk in now. So it takes me from the beginning to the ready to sort of upload on YouTube to do a marketing video about two hours. 
And that's why you have to have a studio set up. You have to be so efficient because we're content creators. Online course instructors are content creators. So we have to try and get that as efficient as possible. Do we just want to bring some of those questions yeah. in, Phil? Because people are still asking about PDFs and stuff. Okay. So the last question we did was... Um, um, so the next question, personal... Let's just answer Frau. I'll bring that okay. one in. Does offering the PDF as a direct download rather than bonus for subscribing to a newsletter give better sign-up ratios? Always your PDF is the reason you're going to get a newsletter sign-up. So you don't give it away unless... That's the transaction value. Now, if you if you haven't seen it already, if you go and um, pop onto Udemy and check my courses, there's a course on there that's free at the moment on email marketing. I'll talk about this in there. It's not going to be free for very long. So while it's still free, guys, go and grab that. The course on email marketing explains all this stuff. But always, 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 always make sure the PDF is behind a newsletter sign-up. That's, that's what the PDF is for. That's the transaction. That's the currency. That's the exchange. They give you their email. You give them the PDF. And that's that's the system. That's what everyone says. So don't, don't just let them download it because you haven't got anything out of that exchange. You want their email address so that they can come into your marketing funnel. This question um, time for me. Um, how do you link your YouTube video? Did we do that one? Should we bring that one in? Absolutely. No, we haven't done that one. Okay. So let's just bring that in. This is a great question. This brings in a couple of, hi, Margaret. This brings in a couple of really, really interesting topics. Okay. So one little controversial topic I'm going to bring up. Um, but there's a couple of things. Okay. Now, what you have to do is you have to, if you want to link your website so you can use cards, there's annotations and there's cards. The annotations is the old way. That's where you get a fancy thing in the video. You click on that, you have to create it. It's all very interesting. I don't use them at all anymore. I only use cards. Why annotations don't show on mobile devices and with over 50% of online searches on average being on a mobile device, you can create all your cards and call, all your annotations and call to action and 50% of your viewers are not going to see them. Now, you might be 30% on mobile, but the average is 50. So they're not going to see them. So I'd recommend just use cards. I think YouTube will going to discontinue them at some point. Now, here's a top tip. Most people don't realize you can ha add more than one associated website to your YouTube channel. Okay? I'm going to do a little video on this soon in the next couple of weeks showing anybody how to do it prop, uh, how to do it just with some screen share stuff. But just as a quick tip, when you set up your YouTube channel and you add your associated website, it doesn't allow you to add another website. But you set that first one up. And this is going to work if you've got a brand website and maybe a Fedora, uh, uh, a teachable website on a subdomain. This is what we've got. And I can link to both of those through my uh, links and my, my tab. So, uh, sorry, through my cards and my annotations, although I don't use annotations anymore. But I can link to both those sites. And the way you do it is this. Once you set that first one up, go to Webmaster Tools under the Google account that your YouTube channel is registered under, and you can associate more um, 
websites to your channel there. You just add those um, websites to your webmaster tools. And then what happens is you go back to YouTube, you put an associated link to that website. On YouTube, it won't tell you that it's working. So you're going to the settings and it won't show you that it's working. But if you put it in there, put it in Webmaster Tools and then put your link in there. And because when you go into Webmaster Tools, they're going to ask you to verify your website. So you're going to have to put a little bit of code on, they ask you to verify it. And once you've verified it, they know that thing. That's then linked through the back end to YouTube. YouTube then goes to Webmaster Tools and checks there to see if you're associated. So you can add as many of your own websites as you want. It's a top tip there. And what I wanted to talk about another thing very quickly is I know a lot of people are using pretty links at the moment to do redirects. That is completely and utterly against YouTube TOS, Terms of Service. And it really isn't worth the risk, guys, on your YouTube channel. Because you've got to remember, an associated website, the Terms of Service is you click. And you're, you're saying to them, this is the verified website. They're clicking through onto that. If you use a pretty link, which is a redirect, you know, that's actually, you, you can imagine how people are going to use that badly, but that's actually breaking, the, the it's no longer an associated website. You, you're sending them, I see people say, put a pretty link and send it straight to your Udemy course. Don't do that. Create a landing page, put your courses on there, and then put links to your Udemy business all on one page. And if you just go to my um, website, my premium, and you'll see my premium courses on SME Heroes, and I'll, I'll get Phil to put a link in the chat at some point. So if you can do that, Phil, just put SME Heroes link in the chat so people go and have a look. If you go to my paid courses or premium courses section, you can see I've got a landing page. You don't need to do it. You can just send them there. They'll click through if there's a discount, and they'll go there. Really, guys, you use pretty links, it's going to come and bite you. I know a lot of people are doing it. Not a good idea. Right, we've got um, a few comments, Mark. So what did you want? The SME Heroes uh, in the in the thing, did you? Mark, did you ask for SME Heroes in the? Yeah, if you can just put uh, SME Heroes in there. Okay, there we go. That's in there. Um, yeah. We've got a question from Rob, and there was a few comments first from Phil Campbell. Um, this goes yeah. back to the um, the, the calendar, the video, uh, the content calendars. Um, someone used, yeah, used Trello for my content calendar. Uh, for my blog post, video recordings, um, asset uh, creation yeah. site. So, yeah, any tools? Yeah, you can use. Um, you know, all the better. Yes, yeah, so that's a top tip there for from Phil. And Phil puts out a lot of content, so mm. that's how he's doing it, guys, because he's organised. Um, um, time and... for me. Thought it was a good idea to have a uh, batch processing, uh, batch recordings. Yeah, get a load of recordings together, guys. Honestly, especially you got... if you have to set your studio up every time. Mm. Now we've got a question from from Rob, haven't we? Yeah, and then it, uh, yeah, let's bring let's that in. Just bring that in. Would you recommend creating a series of videos and you just, Oh, this is a great question, Rob. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna recommend something here. Uh, this was one of the notes we wanted to discuss. Okay. Think, and we've done this with one of our YouTube um, marketing, our free YouTube marketing videos. <laughs> Think about creating a Udemy course, maybe a 12 lecture course that's made up of 12 videos that you also put on YouTube. Now, the way you do this so they don't look the same is you create the videos, 
and then you create a bumper on the end with your YouTube call to action. So then what you can do is you can release 12 videos over 12 weeks and they go onto YouTube and each one has a call to action with a link to your website and resource. So that's creating YouTube content over on this side and it's getting you signups, especially if you do the resource thing and then take the same videos without the YouTube bumper on them and upload them to Udemy as a free course. So that way you get the best of both worlds. We've done this, it's really powerful. Any future free courses we do, it's exactly that way. And then take those 12 videos, put that in a playlist, but this time all the stuff on YouTube now is building your email list. And then the one on Udemy is building your internal Udemy marketing funnel. So that's a really, and obviously playlists as well. Mm. A lot of SEO love from YouTube um, at the moment. So putting them in a playlist is going to increase their chances of Just to mention, Mark, when you're saying about recording and recording it for both Udemy and YouTube, obviously when you're doing the recording, um, not to be sort of saying in this YouTube video and in this, you know, so that you're, you're not sort of shoehorning it yeah. into one thing. So might sound obvious. Yeah, but yeah that's a great point. Any <laughs> yeah, any references you need to do, we've done that, we've made that. So every, any references you need to do, make sure you put it in the bumper Mm -hmm. at the end so you that's why you put your youtube call to action in the bumper yeah. at the end and that means you've now got yeah. great 12 weeks of content yeah. it's going to go out once a week um you can even do a 12-day run you could do a 12-day launch you don't have to do it once every week but then you've also got that youtube mm. video for uh sorry that udemy video yeah um so, so paula says i've mine linked to a few sites but all with different hosting, not just subdomain. Same thing, Paula, same thing. Um, when you go into Webmaster Tools, as long as you register them all under the same Webmaster account, you can link to all of those through associated links in your YouTube videos. So. Okay, we've got a question from Rob. Yeah, um, so someone asked, so Pretty Links shortened links. Wasn't too clear on that bit. No, what Pretty Link is a WordPress plugin. And what it does, it masks the real email domain, uh, sorry, the real web address. So it looks like it'd be smeheroes.co.uk for me forward slash social media marketing course. And what it would actually do, someone would click on that link and it would redirect them without going to my page. It would redirect them to Udemy. And that's how people get around because you can't put your Udemy course directly into your YouTube description. That's how people get around that. But that does break YouTube TOS. And at some point, they're just going to do a sweep. I've seen it too many times in the past. They're going to do a sweep. You close your account down. You might even get penalties on your website because they'll see that as you're breaking TOS. Uh, it's just not worth it, guys. So Pretty Link is a very good tool for making it look nice and creating a short URL. Uh, and using it to redirect when it's okay, but don't use it for YouTube redirect. You're going to get in trouble. Okay. Okay. Have we picked up all the comments, Mark, before we go on to that uh, question? Yeah, I think we, we have. Okay. So. Yes, yes. Phil Campbell says it's okay in the description field, a pretty link for capturing clicks from there. Yeah, um, yes, I think so, yes. I think that's okay, Phil, but I'd go and confirm that as well. Um, 
but definitely in the associated website link has to be the associated website. Yeah. Okay, we've got so, a question from Paula. Paula, Paula, okay. Hi, Paula. Q forward slash. Other way around, Paula. <laughs> question in there. <laughs> um, I have two sites of different topics, e-learners in my bookkeeper course, and only one YouTube channel with two playlists. Should I separate the topics on YouTube by channel instead of playlist? What I would do in that situation is I would probably have Paula as my main um, sort of account. Choose which one of those you want to promote, and then have a an, another business account under one of those that you can put other stuff on. So you can have you can actually, um, what's the best way of doing this, Phil? I think you can have the personal account and then the brand page account, and you can have as many brand page accounts as you want under the personal account. You just have to set Google Plus pages up for each of those accounts, and then you log into YouTube with those Google Plus pages, and then you've got the two um, accounts going on. Okay, we've got a question from... Um, Frank, Frank. Oh, there's a good question. Let's bring that one in, Phil. Yeah. Given the choice between using YouTube to drive traffic to my free Udemy courses or the same free course on my Zendler site, do you have any recommendations which to choose? Yes, I do. Uh, Zendler. You're building your email list. You're building what we do. We do exactly this. We link to our free training. is on Udemy, but we don't link to our free training from YouTube. We link to our free training on our teachable site and the reason we do that is when they sign up it's very clear that this is an e they can, this is a newsletter sign up to get the free training i can then get their email sign up and i can't do that without creating the necessary steps uh, to go to udemy so that's what i do there okay i think we've got up on all our questions and comments mark um so I think there's a couple of other things we wanted to sort of talk about, um, but we just wanted to go through, yeah, here's, here's what type of video should you produce? That's, should we discuss that or do you want to talk about talking heads, Phil? Um, well, I think we could probably, what type of video to just um, be a good one, because we already touched on about um, creating like a, a series of videos uh, when, when you mm. answered Rob's question. So that sort of ties in a bit with that, doesn't it? Yeah. So there's different types of videos you can produce on YouTube. Um, and the biggest is, uh, principle that is TLDW, too long, didn't watch. Um, now, we can, I can take this as an example. I can take this blab, put it on YouTube. And it's an hour long. I put it on YouTube, and in a month I might get 100 views. I take the same content, put it into a video in the same month, a shortened video. I'm going to get 500, 600 views. Just that's just going off personal experience for the same topic. So I've mm -hmm. done a video and I've done a blab. You know, I get five, six hundred views on this, a hundred views on this, mm -hmm. and the reason being, too long didn't watch. So when you're talking about different types of content. People are too busy, aren't they? They haven't got time to be watching busy. an hour long thing. So they want information to be concise and short. And that's why they're watching the shorter video. I mean, you can take parts of the maybe the blab or hangout and repurpose it and do snippets and um, the like to make them shorter and, and publish that. 
um, but it's sometimes easier just to actually create a, a new video mm. um, mm. than trying to, because it's very time consuming to actually take um, an hour long hangout or an hour long lab and actually then pick out the bits where you're specifically talking about a topic um, that don't necessarily neatly slot into one, one thing. So it, yeah. it can be time consuming. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, hyper-targeted followers will mm. watch your long stuff. But if you're trying to build your YouTube channel and you're trying to get people in, they don't know you enough to know there's an hour's worth of time to be invested in here or an hour and a half. So the, the view counts low, but if you can get that hour and a half into a YouTube video, 20 minutes. So what we do now is I'll create a YouTube video, 10 to 20 minutes, really condensed, loads of stuff. And then I'll follow up with a blab discussion. That's essentially what we've done here, but I don't use the blab discussion drive and drive traffic for that. This is more for the community. Now, Mayanna makes an excellent point. View times also affect your analytics on YouTube as well. Mm -hmm. So if you've got a really long video and everyone bails out after five minutes, that's the engagement uh, ranking on that. The engagement rating is going to drop. If you've got a condensed video, it doesn't mean it has to be two, three, four minutes, but it can. Are we getting fireworks, Phil? I was thinking, is that thunder? But I think it's actually fireworks. <laughs> well, people are doing fireworks. Um, no, in March. <laughs> so what, what we'll do, so what types of videos? So you can do free course videos, which we've talked about, and then the Udemy free, we've just talked about that. Uh, interviews are great. Mm -hmm. If you can get, you know, thought leaders in your area to go on. Q&As. Q&As. Obviously, we've got blabs, we've got hangouts. We've got repurposed videos, so lots of stuff. But we recommend that you produce short videos that are consistent with your course quality. Does that make sense? It's consistent with your course quality. Oh, and Frout, yeah, keep firing the questions. Don't worry about it. You're not being a pain. We love questions. Um, you know, if you produce those types, the highest quality stuff you can do for your core YouTube stuff, keep it condensed, keep it powerful, keep it snappy, that's the stuff that's going to drive your subscriber rate and your traffic. What, what do we define as short? What do we say short is? Um, it's, it's, it's relative to the subject. So mm -hmm. like, for instance, we did a Udemy pricing plan. That was 20 minutes, but it was very condensed. Mm -hmm. We did the YouTube, how to get a YouTube marketing boost on YouTube, how to get you know that boost in ranking really quick early on. And that was about, I think that was about 20 minutes as well. But if I'd have done a blab on that, that would have been an hour, hour and a half. So it was condensed in, in terms of mm -hmm. The, the amount of content. Yeah. I just want to mention, Phil, I think um, obviously there's promo videos you can upload as well. So you can upload your promo video onto YouTube. I don't find they get much traffic, guys. I don't think that's the best way to go forward. I think individual YouTube videos on things. I'm going to open up the seat in a minute, I think, Phil. Yes, yeah, good idea. Um, just can you just have a quick chat about editing quality while we're here and mm -hmm. editing? Yeah, just to bear in mind when you're actually producing your video, um, produce it with editing in mind. And I say this because I'm the one that does the editing for all our videos. And I'm always feeding back to Mark saying, oh, if you could just do this, you could just do that. So when you're actually recording the video, you've got to bear in mind uh, when you're making mistakes or if you're getting your, your uh, words tongue tied, um, anything like that, you've got to have the editing in mind. Now, when you, if you're saying a sentence and you're in a flow and you fluff it, you can just pause, leave a gap, so that you can then later on see that there's a gap when you go to edit it in the audio, and then you'll know, okay, there's something up with this piece, and then say the sentence again, rather than having to redo the whole thing. You don't want to have to keep redoing if you're doing like a, 
a 10 minute video and you make it up to sort of five minutes and then you fluff. You don't want to have to go back to the beginning, but you can you can repeat the sentence, but just set up a system so that you know where you're having to go in and take a pit out and then to do a transition to make that a lot smoother. And you'll have to judge and decide what's better was if you make a, a mistake is that worse than the transition is going to cause because you don't want to have sort of jumps um, in your um, in your recording or in your finished product so that's going to be so yeah the, the key is record with editing in mind and once you've done editing a few times then you'll think right okay now i'm going to be recording with this in mind so it saves you a lot of time because editing is extremely time consuming and what do we? What about editing quality levels, Phil? About you know audio and removing breaths, ums and ahs. Yeah, sort of... yeah. Um, with practice, I think you can stop saying the ums and the ahs. They're gonna and the filler words because it's not just um ahs. Then you you're having ands and sos. I think Mark's one of Mark's filler words at the moment is so. Hold <laughs> them now. <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't have known. Uh, but with those um, um, filler words, you can, or those mistakes, you can try to sort of cut them out. If you're doing like a screencast, you've, you know, you're, it's like editing heaven. You can just chop away um, at these bits and you can take them out because you can't see it. But if you're doing like a talking head and you make a mistake with your word, then you're going to see it and you try to cut that out. There's going to be a jump. In, in the visual of the of the talking head. So then you'd have to put a transition there and that might not look so good. So you've got to bear those things in mind. With the audio quality, breaths as well, it can be quite annoying for some people when they keep hearing you. But as you get used to doing your presentation, you're probably gonna get used to breathing better. But sometimes you're gonna have to maybe remove the breaths and that's extremely time consuming easy way to do it you'll just open up the audio track you'll see you'll get to notice what breaths look like on the audio track and you could just zoom in cut 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 and reduce the volume so you can get a system going but it all depends how bad the breaths are and the better the mic is the better they're going to sound to. yeah and the top tip guys you want to if you want to um, remove a lot of breaths or reduce them so they're not in your recording don't speak straight into the mic. So the mic, what the mic wants to do is, is if I could turn, okay, the mic wants to be sort of aimed at your chin and chest. So if it's above you, like when we record, we have a mic on a boom, it's above us. If it's aimed at the chin and the chest, it reduces the amount of sharp breaths it's actually picking up, especially if you've got a very good cardioid mic. If you've got a, uh, you know, a, a mic that's just going to pick everything up, then you're in trouble anyway. But cardioid mic, a good tight cardioid or hypercardioid mic focused on the chin and the chest will reduce your breaths. Mm. Okay, it's got some uh, <laughs> uh, follow yeah. comment. <laughs> there's there's uh, fireworks in Ireland as well. Questions here. What we're going to do, I'm going to open up the seat and I'm going to, just going to fly through some of these questions. So if you want to jump in, say hi, drop some tips. Um, there's a the seat, guys. So, Phil, also make sure you time tag in the description. Top tip that is there. I need to do go back and do a couple of my videos on that. What that basically means, if you write bracket, time bracket in your YouTube description and a little uh, like chapter note, 
of the time when a particular section starts, that becomes a clickable link in the YouTube video and people can fast forward through that. So if it's a longer video, you can create timestamps. Great tip there. Um, bring this in. This is a good question from Robin. Should videos be about more be about more the what and less uh, more about the what and less about the how? Saving that for the course. Um, yeah, a lot of the time, the, what you tell them the what and the why, but not necessarily all the how. But sometimes um, you want to tell them the what and the why and the how, but on something that's basic. And then you mention that obviously there's something more advanced. So if they want to know more about this, you know. Um, so the basic light is an example. So if you want to set up your video lighting, the basic is a three-point lighting pattern. So you could do a video on three-point lighting pattern. You could say, this is your main, this is your fill, this is your rim. Now, if you want to do green screen, it's a lot more complex. We're going to have to use some gels. We're going to have to do some stuff, cover that in my course. But obviously, if you just want to just get basic and get going, this is it. So what I tend to do is I put out the basic stuff and the, the, um, the more advanced stuff. I tell them about it, but I point back to my course. Okay, so if you want to jump in, guys, and have a chat with us, that's fine. Drop some tips. Um, what we got in? Yeah, yeah. Phil's saying I can even see the waveform of an erm now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So let's just uh, show callers. Someone jump in, Phil. Yeah, it's it's kind of scary how far when you're doing video editing, you start to realise that. Oh, there's another little bit I've got to take out. And you just get used to it. I've wasted so many half seconds in my life saying, mm, in a video. <laughs> it's, kind of, it's kind of scary. Um, just a quick tip I was going to drop in. I'm just going to drop it as a link. Uh, I've started to buy up um, URLs that I can use for certain content that I'm putting out because I found a great deal with a company that is selling domains for a year for a dollar. And they're either dot .link or dot .click. So what I've done is I've started creating playlists on YouTube with the videos in it. And then I've, I use this URL everywhere because obviously in, in, in search, in Google, in Twitter and whatever, because I'm using that keyword and people are searching for Cinemagraph, then they, they find Cinemagraph and they find the playlist. But what I've done is embedded that playlist into my Medium blog. So every time I update my playlist on YouTube, it automatically updates it in, in the blog as well. So it's kind of evergreen content that goes over and over again. But the reason why I'm bringing this up is that I was doing 15-minute kind of catch-up shows in the morning, and I was probably only getting you know 15, maybe 16 views on that. I wasn't really pushing it. It was more of a post-it note for me to get into the process of making video. What I found is the shorter video that I've done of stuff that I love to do it's getting more views. It's the strangest thing. Um, and the thing with cinemagraphs as well is because they are designed really for looping, I tell people to click on right-click on the YouTube player and click loop. I also get the more views from people just watching it going round and round and round. And if it's only six seconds long, even though it's only 16 seconds long, I'm still getting views. I'm getting more viewership from it. So my, my money is going up on YouTube because of it. So just a little bit of a power tip. I'll, uh, I'll give you the link to that company. It's called mm. Rebrandly. Um, and at the minute, what they're doing is it's really cool. You can buy a bunch of URLs and domains uh, for a dollar. I bought loads of different domains to do with different topics like Udemy courses, Udemy coupons. And the, the game here is that you use um, keywords that you want to be found. 
that you know so instead of linking just to your site it might be the actual thing that you're putting out so what have i got i've got um i've got like buy my gig for fiverr digital nomad e-residency going live want to do live streaming um i've also just picked up the link nyc which is a project across new york uh putting gigabit everywhere um long story i've got to i'll tell mark off camera about that at some point because that's going to be a bit disruptive uh, but yeah i just thought i'd throw that in and and just add to the mix yeah i just tried to drop a link in uh, that link you gave here and there's a link in the thing but it won't go in guys so just click for on the link on the side there um yeah so just wanted to see if we caught da -da -da. okay so traffic noises are my problem at the moment try setting a gain level try to record nexus do not start <laughs> yeah rob mm, um, the same problem yeah, you know what I'm gonna like what I'll tell you right now. Zen high is Mark Eight, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I I you know, we we you know, we we sold equipment. We had equipment that from video production because we're moving to training. We're trying to avoid video production as much as possible now because it's more profitable for us to do Udemy courses than it is to do video production. So we had some equipment. So, you know, the saying is beg borrow steal. Don't steal. But um to be honest. I've got, you know, I've I've done it with I've eighty twenty twenty. It's hundred pound mic, and I know we you, people don't necessarily have the budget for this, but when you when you hundred pound mic is when you think about how much you spend on all your other equipment. Sometimes for us, I've gone through the whole thing. I've tried to do it on the cheap. I've tried to all the different mics. I've even had NTG two, and that didn't work. I had the eighty twenty twenty. I had a lav mic that wasn't too bad. My lav mic wasn't too bad. That was a but the Zenheiser Mark Eight. It's just it's just like it clamps onto your voice. It's phenomenal, isn't it, Phil? And mm -hmm. when it's come to the editing now, you know what what's the difference it makes in the editing, Phil? Do you want to share what that sort of does? Well, I haven't actually edited a bit yet of, of the new of the new. Oh, it's all with me, is it? I've been you, you're the one that's been saying, so I, the, I've yet to find out. Oh, okay. <laughs> So on the on the new videos we're producing with the new mic, um, Phil's still working on a backlog of editing we've got. But on the new stuff, it it kills the background noise. It just kills it because it's so focused on your voice. You still have to soundproof. You still have to um, set your gates and everything. And I know I'm getting a little bit technical for some people, but you know, for those who understand, you still have to set your gates so noise below a certain level is filtered out. But it just clamps. I can put two mics side by side, and I've got my gate. But on the Mark 8, it's like this. It's like locked. And then I speak, and it drops in, and it comes out when I finish speaking. When I use my AT2020, it's like this. And that's just telling me that noise is coming in all the time. So, guys, one of the biggest investments you can make as soon as you can afford to make it, and I know it's a challenge, is go out there and get something like the Zenhide Mark 8. I did a lot of research, and that mic has solved all of our noise problems overnight. And I know it's a lot of money, guys. I'm going to look forward 500, to... Uh, 500 pounds, so I know it's a lot of... forward to editing um, and see... Um, I'll, I can verify whether what he's saying is true or not. Yeah, Phil will be like, Phil will be like, oh, that was the best thing we ever bought. Because she's the one who has to go in and clean up the... We live between two motorways, so the truck goes past, like we had it today. And I've done a long recording. Truck goes past on a motorway near us, and you can hear the truck. It's loud. It vibrates. It's, it's in the audio. Yeah, the and it vibrates. Yeah, there's you know, vibrations. 
Um, if you've got a cup on the side, it'll rattle. It'll, do you get me? That's how much we're getting. <laughs> Um, Paula um, also comment, um, pity you didn't tell me all this when I moved from screencast to talking head, Phil. This took me ages uh, to get <laughs> you've, you've, you've traveled the same path as us. I, you, you forget who you've said us. things to and who you haven't said things to, so uh, <laughs> maybe I ought to um, mention okay. it more in the community. Um, I draw creatures. You need to rent out your studio, smiley face. Uh, we work with dual instructors that come in, but that's about it at the moment. We're trying to avoid. So. Yeah. Mind you, with that new mic, it might open things up. <laughs> um, you yeah. need a caravan. Phil says you need a caravan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I like that idea. <laughs> Maybe for Christmas. Um, okay. So I think that's, we've obviously, mm -hmm. and then we come to YouTube stuff, you know, We've got our titles, our descriptions, our tags, the thumbnails, the branding is really important. You've got that YouTube video boost. Make sure it goes up to all your audience at once on all your channels. Um, and that sort of covers a lot of the sort of main stuff we wanted to talk about. So we've come to the end of what we wanted to talk about, guys. If anyone wants to jump in and say hi or ask some questions, now's the time. I think we're about, yep, yeah, we're doing good for time, Phil. And what do you guys think, by the way? Do you prefer Blab or Hangout? Just as a as a quick aside, what what do you find works better for the OB community? Because obviously we used to do chats and we have six or seven um, things. Blab, Blab for me, Blab. Yeah, I, I blab. think I prefer yeah. Blab. Blab, yeah. A lot of people are liking Blab, aren't they? I, I like the idea of people um, could just jump in as well when they want to. Yeah, yeah. What are your top five YouTube marketing tips? Okay, let's bring that in. Quite easy. Number one, as we said at the beginning, what is your consistent call to action um, on your YouTube videos? So what is your consistent call to action? What is the one action you want them to take on your channel that's consistent across all your videos? Uh, make sure you produce consistently for your audience. They have an expectation, and I know it's work, but that's where the money comes from. Um, set up a studio, that's free. So set up, make sure you've got a studio set up. You know, you might think you can't do it, but Phil's done it, you know, he, he's in a caravan and he's done it. He's got a studio where it drops down and he's done it. He can just go in there and record. So, you know, you can set up a studio in the smallest space. You'd be surprised. The thing is, is it's not necessarily you, you want to set up like a really expensive studio. It's about being able to walk in and record to the quality that you're able to produce right now. So Bill says time management. So yeah, so that that comes back to the content calendar. So make sure you've got a content calendar. Um, and. Yeah, I think make sure. I think one of the biggest ones after that, when you come down to it, is keep those videos as concise as possible. I think that's five. Was that five? I don't know. Rob usually sort of uh, keeps tabs on these. <laughs> We're counting on you to actually uh, type those in, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was four. That was four. <laughs> you want one more? Uh, tags, tags, YouTube tags. Make sure you get those tags right. Make sure you get those tags right in YouTube. That's it, because you're going to get 30, 40% of your additional views on your YouTube videos from the associated videos in the side. If you consistently tag, so top tip, tag with your name and your brand. 
because then when people are watching your video, YouTube are going to go, oh, they're interested in these tags and they're going to see them in the slides. So can, that's a, a, a really, really top tip there. So that's five. I think you, I think you snuck one out. <laughs> we'll have to listen to the recording. <laughs> um, okay, this is a serious question from Rob. Have you seen Superman versus Batman yet? No, not yet, Rob. I haven't. I've seen some trailers. But I can't see how Batman's going to beat Superman. It's just beyond comprehension for me. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so, guys, if no one wants to jump in and say hi, I think, and there's no more questions, I, I think we can safely wrap up there. And obviously, if you just caught the end, I will take this and put this on my YouTube video. I'll also put this as a podcast as well and i'll share those links back out into the ov community and if you haven't done so already guys pop over and join the ov community and we've got some great uh, takeaways there can you just copy those phil okay thank you rob we'll put those yes, in the youtube you. video description rob is the top takeaway man he is he's so good at summarizing he is got that yeah, so I hope you found that useful, guys. Give us a thumbs up if you found that useful, if there's stuff in there you didn't know and, you know, that really helped. Um, but I'm hoping, you know, for us this year, we're going to be growing the YouTube channel. That's going to be our major focus in terms of growing our uh, exit strategy from Udemy in case, you know, at some point in the future, it becomes a place that's not viable for us. We've seen massive changes. I'm very happy about the changes. I think they work for me, but I know there's people in the audience they haven't worked for, you know. So... You know, we've always got to have that in mind. So for us, YouTube channel, email marketing list, that's our focus this year. And I think all of us should be thinking about that. If we're full-time educators or aspiring to be, we should make sure we've got a YouTube channel that is actually uh, really, really working. And we're going to be, we've got a YouTube marketing course on Udemy at the moment, but we're going to be thinking about just re-recording the whole thing because uh, we, we did that about a year ago, and then since then, we've just learned so much more stuff. Um, so we're looking for probably this month, we might look at that, might be for just redoing the whole thing, putting all this stuff mm -hmm. and more. We haven't had time to mention here lots of stuff. Um, Do that flippy background. Oh, wait, there's a comment before that. I'm not able to call in, but check out Blab drop-ins for adding count to your YouTube videos. Yeah, I've seen that, um, Bob. It's a shame you can't drop in and explain that to us because I've seen this, like you can talk about, you can embed YouTube live into your stream now. And Phil just said I'm, he can. I'm not, Phil, if you can drop in, as, if you understand what's going on there. I've not been up. Yeah, jump in, Phil. So... Yeah, because I've been I've been looking at this, but I haven't looked into it properly yet. So what's what's going on there? What's this drop-in stuff? Can, can you hear me? Because I sort of muted my mic. Is that all right? Here yeah, you get a little bit quiet, but you're good. All right, what about that? Good. Yeah, it's good. Yes. Okay. Uh, so I've been playing around with this. I've been talking to the two devs, uh, development guys at Blab, and basically, and I couldn't get live working at first. It was taking my YouTube videos, but basically, what happens is you put the link in. And it fires a big box at the top, and it makes all the little yeah. boxes yeah. smaller along the bottom. And I, I, I was thinking about live because I was trying to think of it from a 
single person, like a solo person doing a live show, of having YouTube live at the top and having the three boxes at the bottom doing other stuff. So it might be advertising the courses, links, different assets, Instagram videos, whatever, and you could just run it all the time. Um, there is a special format that you need to put in to get the live component to work. But I did hear through the grapevine that tomorrow Blab is releasing some news on that and also two new features tomorrow. So maybe you want to keep an eye on Blab's uh, page. But if there's specific questions you've got, Barbara, just ask and I'll... And I'll um, well, I've got a question for you. I'm trying to sure. understand. So, okay, so this is exciting for me because this is exactly the same as the way Google Hangouts work. And there's one thing I miss is that all the view counts from a Google Hangout right, right, right. Straight to the, go straight to the YouTube video. Okay. Right. So is it is it the same now with the Blab? Will Absolutely the, view the same. counts on the Blab be transferred to the... Absolutely the same. But also what's really exciting for me is that I've been doing a bit of research into gamers and um, people using Twitch.tv and uh, YouTube live for doing live streaming of gaming. So they've got like a gaming box. And I'm starting to see a trend of gamers donating money in, in stream. So if you imagine us sitting here now and you have a Google, you have like a YouTube live screen at the top, for people to... Other gamers that are sitting on the chat channel, they can send in uh, a donation to the channel, which then brings up a graphic on the screen with the name of the person who gave the donation. <coughs> so I think I've that's going to be quite. I've been watching Go... the same thing, Phil, with much interest. But, but I've but I've also I've also seen something recently with um, with Twitch, which also allows you to play back content, audio and video mm. content, so people mm. donate. Yeah. There's so many seconds of time. So that's something I'm going to be playing with soon, 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 soon. Because what the happened, problem what? in Blab is you've got four by three shot here where most of the content that you want to do live is 16.9. For people who don't know what I'm on about, yeah. it's kind of widescreen versus square. So, yeah, jump in, Mark. Yeah, the question, the other question I've got on this is, so if I've got the YouTube live at the top <laughs> and then people are jumping in underneath, that's not recorded on YouTube live, is it? No. No. Ah, so that creates a bit of a problem because that's what I was hoping for, that you could have the YouTube Live running. So rather than me having a box here, I could run YouTube Live. Right. And then what's running underneath would be recorded by Blab as well. So it'd record the YouTube Live and Blab, and that would also go to YouTube Live. I think you've got to that's look at it. Case, right? No, you've got to look at it in a different way. I mean, for me, it'd be perfect for live streaming events, which I've done quite a lot of, is, is actually turn up at an event fired up a live stream and then have people asking questions from the remote audience in blab and that live stream they can go they can be watching that in a separate window as well but it brings about it opens up for me for a solo show the ability to have something that runs all the time with certain elements of the screen that i can bring content in if people sort of donate and add money and stuff and i'm starting to see this being kind of a new hub, like a, what's called a transmedia hub, transmedia being using audio, video, blog posts, things from everywhere else into one place. So I'm I'm watching this with interest as well. I'm dabbling with this as we speak. I've been doing a lot of unlisted blabs the last couple of days. 
Because I saw, <laughs> I saw, I saw someone the other day, and they did a blab recording, and the warning came up early. We're sharing links, and blab can't record that at the moment. But if they could, that'd be really powerful, wouldn't it? Because yeah. you could have the YouTube live, and yeah, you're not going to get the boxes underneath showing, but you've got the YouTube live, and what it is, the SEO of YouTube live in YouTube search is phenomenal. Mm. It's phenomenal. I want to use it, but it's not got the engagement I need right now, right. because I know the SEO on that is absolutely through the roof. In right. terms of, Do you, have you got the? Because you're getting, yeah. Have you got the? Um, have you got the? I just want to show you something else as well. Which, uh, have you got? Can you make me a co-host for a second so I can bring that link so I can show that link? What happens yeah. when you actually have a spare slot? Hi, Barbara. I do. I'll go Hi. out then, but there's more to it. And if you're going to show <laughs> them the link, then that's cool. The thing I wanted to highlight is the fact that your YouTube videos that are shown uh, here on Blab, for all of the viewers that are in the room at that time, each one of those count as a view on YouTube. So that's right. really important. Right, right, right. Yeah. Let me just jump out and see if I can do it. Just one sec. And if you can, I'll jump back in. <laughs> Okay, so that's a link that Phil shared in. Do you want to jump into the open seat, Phil, and just um, explain what the, what you've done there? Yeah, so like what I like about this, if you notice, I don't know if it's, yeah, if you notice, it's also playing the GIF. That's a cinemagraph at the top. So you can start to do some quite interesting oh, yeah, stuff. It is, that yeah. image is slowly quite moving. So I'm playing around with what what is possible with the new link thing um i can fire i could fire a link in here now and open up a, any video but i've been trying to get them to do the <laughs> playlist thing because playlists is really interesting because instead of you just coming in live doing a show you could fire up your playlist of videos that you want to get out there mm. to people and then just sit on the side and comment on them and you can even pause the video that's extremely powerful that you have a narrated piece of of say 10 videos that are maybe two two minutes in length as a sort of 20 minute show and then you've also you can also give people links at the end of that and the other thing i should mention is that now we have this new link feature they're opening up uh what's called an api which is an application programming interface which allows us to play with blab a lot more so super exciting stuff coming along and you know I, I will i'll be dabbling with this and i'll be passing this stuff out through the, the so community. well this what you've shared here so it says click to view is that actually going to show in the recording phil will that show i haven't i don't know i don't think so it said when i when i posted it it said it's not recorded at the moment yeah. but I, I guess they're working on it i guess they're working i, I on bet it. they are working on it because that'd be absolutely phenomenal when you can because obviously one of the weaknesses with blab's always been that it doesn't have screen share yeah um, also also one more thing I've asked for macros for Blab. So macro okay. keys. So I don't know if you've ever used macro keys before where you press F1 and it might have, you know, stored something. So if you've got particular topics or questions for somebody who, like myself, who does everything himself, I would love it that before my show starts, I have all my function keys set to the topics or my links or things that I want to discuss in the whole length of the show. So they're working on that as well, which is kind of cool. Yeah, if they can get that, if they can get the whole screen re being recorded, that'd be phenomenal. Because rather than go through the um, the intro I went through earlier, which probably took forty five minutes, I could have just 
done a video, chucked that in there, it's 20 minutes, literally played that at the top, took some questions on the side, are you with me? Yeah. And then just gone into the main blab. But I'd need them to record everything. So we'll have to keep our eye on this and see what yeah. see what they're doing. You know, lots even of, if it doesn't go Yeah. So but then that increases my views on my video as well, then I presume. Yeah. I mean for, for like I say, the the YouTube stuff is where I'm concentrating a lot of my time and effort at the moment. So to be able to do something live from Wirecast straight into YouTube Live at 169, and I, I get a copy of that on YouTube, so I can cut that up if I want. But I also record that that part live as well. But imagine it from the perspective of not just do, not doing a show, but having something that ran sort of seven or eight hours a day. Now, you're probably thinking, well, why would anybody want to run a seven or eight hour show all day? Like you've got work to do, I've got editing to do and things like that. But I see that there's going to be a lot of virtual digital nomads, people who, who actually work on their own or as a couple, and they don't get out very often or they don't get to see people. So having a virtual chat room almost where you have a live stream of the work that's going on and bringing things in and out to drop in, I think that's where it's going to move to. I really think it's <laughs> going to become this hub where you can you know, bring, bring channels and drop things in. That's what I'm going to be playing around at. Bob said mm. no, so that's nice. <laughs> but that's what I'm going to be doing anyway, Bob. <laughs> um, and I think it's good to explore these different things. Mm. And, uh, you know, uh, Paul has said here, I think this is a blab in itself. I do. I think mm. we should um, probably do a blab on this at some point, a community blab, Phil. Uh, maybe we sort of lean mm. out on, lead out on that and just mm. and just see where we're going. But I'd like to see that recorded function, I think, um, for me personally, for it to become what I would want it to be but then again i might not be thinking outside the box very much on that so i need to have a look at that and explore that a little bit more okay guys so that was um no. we did uh, we chucked another 12 minutes on in there well rob uh, said did you want to bring something rob said before you go can you do that black background flippy thing <laughs> whatever that means oh yeah he wants this okay, yeah <laughs> i'm in space now rob i'm in my office <laughs> Now I'm on a dance floor. <laughs> now I'm a newscaster with the news. <laughs> this is just text. Yeah, that's just a nasty blue. It's a grey. <laughs> there you go, Rob. Happy now. I think out of space was the best. Out of space? Yeah. <laughs> yes, without, without a suit. <laughs> okay. All right. <sighs> Okay, guys. Uh, yeah, I'm going to look at some different ways of thinking about different ways of using this. Uh, it's great hanging out with you guys. Um, we was going to supposed to do one. We're, we're planning to do a community blab every couple of weeks, guys. So we can't do one every week because it's just too much time for us. But we're hoping to do a community blab every couple of weeks. So, you know, if you've got ideas or things you think would be a great discussion, you know, remember just to throw them into the community and we can all come together and just share what we know and help each other grow our businesses. So thanks for watching, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Hopefully you got something good out of that. I know I did. It was some interesting yeah, stuff. Yeah, really interesting stuff. Phil, so appreciate that, Phil and Bob. And uh, we all learned something today, so that's mm -hmm. good. And we'll catch up with you in another mm -hmm. blab. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye.